Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Full Course Show Jumping Podcast. I'm Will Fletcher and as always I'm joined by Sam Gerard May. Yes, thank you for joining us once again. In a little while we're going to catch up with William Whitaker. Will, I was on holiday so you were flying solo on that one. Yeah, my first solo podcast, the first ever interview actually one-to-one so uh, a little bit daunting, a little bit daunting um, but yeah, I I really really enjoyed chatting to Will. I think we went on for a, a, quite a long time. We just had having a, having a good chat, but unfortunately, leaving the technical responsibilities to me wasn't uh, didn't go quite as well as when Sam is in charge. So, unfortunately, for people listening, that there is some technical problems where we do speak over it um, speak over each other. But unfortunately, as you go to Sam has got it doing the editing side. There's not much uh, we can do about it. Um, so I hope you enjoy it nonetheless. And uh, yeah, because it was really good fun to catch up with Will. Well, that's great. Thank you for that one, Will. And I suppose we should probably talk about our fantasy show jumping that we did in last week's episode. I don't know about you, but I had so much fun doing that. I yeah, It was a really, really fun episode. It was very different uh, for pe- anyone who hasn't watched, uh, listened even. Um, it we, we went over and we drafted our show jumping teams from all of the top combinations in the past five years. And yeah, so I'm very, yeah, I'm really looking forward to hearing uh, who won and who did well, because I, I, I do not know. Well, let me tell you, we had a total of 102 votes. 102. And we're going to go, 102, we're going to go in reverse order. So in last place... With a grand total of five votes. And I'd like to thank personally all five people that took the time to vote for me. (laughs) (laughs) One of our listeners put hashtag justice for Verdi, um, (laughs) which I thought was brilliant. So well done for that, Lizzie. Um, So, yes, I got five votes. Anyway, how many times did you vote for yourself? (laughs) <laughs> None. They're not fake accounts like Alfie was claiming. Um, they were five voters. Admittedly, three of them were friends of mine. But anyway, <laughs> never mind. Um, <laughs> now let's go to third place. And in third, with sixteen votes, it was Alfie Bradstock. Oh dear. Which means that it is a Fletcher one and two, and the Fletcher winner. With a whopping 53 votes is... Are you ready? Go on. It is. The hostess with the most yes. Will Fletcher, Fantastic. is the winner. Oh, <laughs> and out, uh, Ollie, Ollie was second with 28. So, Will, well done. You win with oh. 53 votes. Um, in fact, what I found really funny is if you add together the total from Alfie, Ollie and myself... That's 49 votes. So between the three of us, we actually got less than than you did. I am absolutely chuffed. And I had 10 times as many as you. So that makes me (laughs) even happier. Yeah, and we really enjoyed doing the show uh, last week. It was really fun. It was great to talk talk show jumping between a bunch of us. And I hope people liked it. So let us know because we can always try and do another sort of form of that. But... Uh, especially as riders are a little bit more busy with shows starting up. But on a more serious note, we'll have to turn towards the really tragic news of last week. 
yeah, I think it was a great shock to all of us. In fact, the whole show jumping well, but British show jumping especially, to hear of the sad passing of one of the great horses, really, of the future, Heart's Destiny. A horse, Will, that, for me, did so much for Holly Smith's career. Oh, definitely, definitely. It, it was looking fantastic. Like it won the last Grand Prix it jumped and the, how well it jumped at Olympia, where it's third in the Grand Prix. And it, that it was crucial to the team that, did get us qualified for the Tokyo Olympics, of which I don't know about you, but I definitely thought would be a stronghold of the team. Absolutely. You know, the championships were their thing, as you said, the Europeans and and even five-star Grand Prix, they were so good when it mattered. Um, And it really is such a shame for British show jumping. And of course, our thoughts go out not only to Holly, but as well to the owners, Gordon and Sue Hall. Definitely. It was really, really sad to see that happen to such promising to such promising horse at only 11 years age there's so many more miles for it to do and it was a super sound horse and everything was going well so it was it was a massive shock and yeah again i'll echo what you just said there sam it was really sad to hear and thoughts go out to holly and the team there and really hope that uh they managed to come back from that and I know they have denver now which is a really really good horse and looking looking fantastic but i'm sure that have it's a be a big hole to fill poor old heart's destiny and now let's move on to the interview for this week as we talk show jumping with william whittaker well thank you very much to will whittaker for joining us on the podcast this week a two-time championship rider and also three-time world cup winner including the one that i'm sure everyone watched on tv at olympia a year or so ago which was fantastic but will thank you very much for coming on thank you very much thanks for having me no, it's it's great to t- talk to you. It's been a been a while, and uh, recently, or maybe not so recently, but it seems like it because of lockdown. You moved back to uh, back to England after being away in Belgium for a bit. How's it been settling back in? Yeah, it's been good. Um, I mean, it was it was quite an easy move back for me um, in the fact that I was in the lucky position that my that I moved back to my my dad's farm where my brother Jim was was based, um, and I was based here before. Yeah, before I moved to to Belgium and then on to Germany, and then America. Um, so my family never actually moved out to um, the continent with me. Um, so that was nice. Basically, the main reason for that was the school situation. Um, we always felt that when the kids were doing well and were settled in school here, that it would be a a shame to to move them out of you know, move them out of that environment. So we, we decided to keep them in school here during that time that I was away. Um, so, yeah, so really it was just kind of, for me, I could come back and and start again from home, which was a, a nice position to be in, really. Definitely. How is it? How nice is it for you to be back with the kids and uh, after being away for so long where you it, wouldn't have been able to see them as much? Yeah, it's, it's, it's brilliant. It's you don't appreciate it, or I didn't anyway. I didn't appreciate it. Um, kind of when you, when I was away, you so I think you're so focused on what you're doing and thinking about the next show all the time, the next show, the next show. You kind of forget a little bit what's what's going on at home. And obviously, I I, I spoke to the kids four or five times a day and FaceTime and all that. Um, but now they're getting a little bit older. They have their own commitments like Bella with school Oliver as well now with school 
plays football a lot and, and Bella, um, she's riding. So they obviously, they have their own, they're busy with their own commitments now. Um, so it was, yeah, it was when I, when I got home and I started to think back what the kids were like when I left home to what they're like now, it was a bit scary, to be honest. I was like, bloody hell, he, the, they've changed so much um, in that in that period of time and it's just it kind of homed in on me a little bit quite a bit of them growing up um and really that that kind of reminded me what you're actually doing everything for and and how important it is to make time for them and uh, that's really good i obviously don't have any children myself but i can i can imagine the what it's like to come back and how nice it'd be to see them every single day and obviously being back with your wife as well. Yeah, I mean, it's great. It's great to be back to help help Elizabeth as well. Um, to be honest, now I'm back and, you know, having to do some of the uh, day-to-day jobs with the kids, I have no idea how she managed on her own. <laughs> <laughs> with, with, with Bella, Bella who's eight, Oliver's now six, and Evelyn, who's nine months. <laughs> I mean, if she leaves me with them for half an hour on my own, I'm... I'm absolutely exhausted. <laughs> so how she managed for five years with two and then three at the end, I've no idea. Well, that, no, that's, that's that's great. It's great. And uh, so going back a little bit to jumping and going back to your uh, moving back and starting up again, how's it been, you know, getting owners and getting enough horses? Yeah, I think I think it's it's the biggest challenge in our job at the moment, isn't it? It's mm. because, because I think that... It, I think it all really stems down to the value of these horses, isn't it? You know, mm. and the availability of them. Um, you know, the, the few top horses nowadays are few and far between. And there's so many people in the same boat that are struggling for horses um, and need that that horse to sort of take them to the next level um, or to keep them at that level. Mm. Um, they are so sought after. But, yeah, I kind of, when I came back, I had to sit down with Elizabeth and, and Jim and my dad, mum and dad, and we kind of just were chatting about how we wanted to structure it. And I really wanted to focus on, on quality rather than quantity. Um, I think I think really because the job is getting really expensive now just the general day-to-day running of a yard and and I mean you'll know as well as as me um you know just with the the cost of staff and then your truck and just yeah just general running of of general day-to-day running of a of a stable when you want to do it to a, a high standard like mm. we do um I think I think you do from from my point of view. Anyway, I have to be quite selective over the horses that we're working with um, to make sure that they either a are going to win or um, b be able to be produced on to be a nice product that we can sell um, in order to be able to keep going. And and it really is, and and it's not, and it's not even really. A plan to get rich. It's just a, mm. a a sustainable plan that we can literally keep going. That mm. in the way that we, you know, uh, keep going to shows and be able to keep running the stable the way we want to be. Um, 
so yeah, so that's what the plan was really to focus on quality over quantity really. And have you any nice young horses that are looking like ones for the future that you could you know set your eye on your teams? Yeah, again? yeah, I've got a few. We've got a few nice young ones. I mean, to be honest, it's everything's still new for me because mm. if you, if you think about it, when I moved back, I, I literally only managed to get one national show in before lockdown. You know, yeah. so then <laughs> yeah. so then everything was kind of put back for four or five months you know um so really so like Bolsworth, where i'm going this week it's my first show with some of the horses that i've got and <laughs> it'd be maximum my third with with others you know what i mean so mm. it all, I, I am still learning obviously it was not in a way it was nice that we were locked down because i was able to you know there was no pressure to get out there to shows i could really just take my time and get used to the horses um which was great, but still, I always feel you don't know. There's only so much you can learn about a horse at home. You still need to get in the ring and and jump those those tracks, whether it be young with young horses or sort of one forty, one forty five tracks with an older horse to really know what they're like and and the potential that they've got. So I think that's the stage that I'm at now, really. Um, but what I will say is the bunch that I have, whether it be I've got some of my own, some I have with my dad or with with Jim, my brother, um, and others from owners um, that I've either worked with in the past or or picked up new since you know since I've been home. Um, all the horses I have, the promising, you know, the mm. promising young ones and and ones that I feel they're worth working with. So so that's. That's really something that's at the forefront of my mind when I am, you know, working with these new horses. So basically, we're asking you a week early. Yeah, if you ask me next week, <laughs> I'll either be ecstatic or... <laughs> absolutely gutted. Or, yeah, absolutely gutted, yeah. yeah well, just um... wasted. I should have watched more Netflix during <laughs> lockdown. Yeah, it is. It is fun. I, I felt that as well, that you have, um, over lockdown, there was, you had a couple of months, didn't you, to to focus in on horses that maybe you would have you obviously always tried to work with, but you, especially yourself going to so many international shows over and over and over again, you only get back for two days at a time and yeah. you can spend the whole time that you can work with them. And I know a couple of my horses have really come on and the f- fact that they've literally not jumped anything and then gone straight in and, and done quite well since yeah. I, I've, I've been really happy with that, but Again, it, I don't think it's a little bit early to ask the reward of that. <laughs> yeah, maybe, have to, maybe, have, maybe have to catch up next week. Before, yeah, that's uh, it. But you know, don't you? You know, when you, mm. you know with the horse you've been working with, when you have a good feeling. I think for me, as well with, with horses, I mean, yeah, they were all quite new for me. But I think that given that time and you weren't under pressure to get back to shows, I think you were not afraid to try something new, something a bit totally different to what you've tried before. Because I think when you are back-to-back with shows, I think you're always worried to try something too different Mm. in case it it doesn't work at all and, you know, makes the job worse, which, you know, sometimes it does. You have an idea and you try it and it doesn't always work. So I think you've always got that a little bit in the back of your mind. Um, And I think sometimes you have to do that, try something totally Mm. different to, to sometimes find the key to for you mm. and that specific horse to take yeah. the next step. Definitely. And I think that's definitely. got quite a bit to do with it. 
And without going too much into your you know, top secret training ideas, what new things would you have been trying out? Um, I think really, because my, my situation has been different as well. Like, like, like you said before, it's like when I was riding for Rushy Marsh, the American people, we were literally from the moment I was there, we were at shows pretty much week in, week out. And, mm. and I kind of, I was literally, I had, I had a good team of guys um, that I worked with because um, basically we were like, we were half the year in Florida and then, well, not quite, like four months in Florida and the rest of the time we were based in, in Germany. Um, so I literally, yeah, I was at the show with one team of horses. We'd come home. Sunday night, swap horses, and then a lot of time they'd, depending on how far the show was, they'd be leaving the next. The other set of horses would be leaving on the Tuesday, then I'd leave yeah. on the Wednesday. So, so I kind of almost had to when I came home, and I didn't ride any young horses at all. You know, no horses. Really? Yeah, they were just all like ten, I think nine, ten, and, and older. You know, that kind of age bracket and, and experience wise, and and most of the horses that I rode. I, I rec- when I got on them, they all had experience at you know at least one forty five level, if not more. So I think really I had to kind of totally when I came home and then like when I first started back home, I had I just had one six year old and the rest were like unbroken four year olds. So I really had to kind of totally change my mindset and almost try and as weird as it sounds, learn how to or refresh my memory on how to teach a horse the basics again <laughs> just because I hadn't done it it sounds crazy doesn't it but yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. I'd not mean, because but... I'd not done it for that long I actually I found it real hard work in the beginning um and that's kind of what I had to do to sort of and it took me a while to realize that I was like after a couple of days I was thinking Blimey, I feel like I'm struggling here <laughs> and then it was t- until I actually really thought about it and thought why I was struggling and I thought well I've not done and to be honest when I was in but the whole time I was away basically I didn't ride I didn't ride young horses I just mm. rode older kind of seven and a boat like yeah, when I was yeah. in Belgium there all the horses so yeah so I really had to Relearn everything. Yeah, strip myself mm. down really, and 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 reteach myself how to mm. how to train, and how to yeah sort of train a horse the basics again, which was sounds crazy, but it was quite difficult mm. to do. Yeah, definitely. And as we touched on, you spent a lot of time in in Belgium and then moving over to Germany. What is there anything from those two places that you you've taken back? to your own yard that you'd, you'd like to keep implementing? Um, I found both places were, were very well organised where I were. Um, obviously, it helps It helps when you're working for, for wealthy people um, mm. that can afford to have plenty of staff and, mm. uh, and the best of everything. It's totally different when and you go got... to a show and not have to make it pay. And yeah, that's feel, it. yeah. Yeah. That, that's it. And, 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 Exactly, just like you say, it's totally different when you have to run your own business and and you have to literally go out and earn the money yourself and mm. and to pay for everything, and you and you know that 
if you don't get that month to pay mm. the wages and to pay the bills, you're going to be struggling. Mm. And it is, it's a different, it's a different mindset um, that you kind of have to set yourself up in. Um, but I think like, as for things that I've learned over there, I think generally it, it, it was quite sim. I was doing quite similar things to, to what I was doing at, ho- at home, sort of similar training with the horses. I think the main thing that I noticed that was a lot easier was, was the travel. It was it was it was nice and it was quite a lot easier to organise. I found um, the stable when you know shows were an hour away and yeah. or that kind of thing. You know, like where we were based at both state at, at either in Belgium or Germany. I was right right amongst it with both both stables. Like one place, I was fifteen minutes from Leah, so then mm. that would be like Centaur would be an hour. Spielberg going to be an hour, uh, so I was right amongst it there, and a bit. I was only just on the other side in Germany, just on the other side of the border. So those three shows were all, you know, within a a good hour, mm. uh, and and not having that. It is different because yeah. now when you're doing it from 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 England, you kind of have to set your show plan a little bit different. Like we now would try and do it, so you go away and do a couple of shows away. Um, to make the journey worthwhile, mm. whereas there you would be more inclined. You can go back, yeah, go back, swap and, horses. Yeah. It seems a lot. It was a lot easier to organise logistically. Mm. Um, yeah, like the, not having to do the ferry, I'm sure is. A... Yeah, yeah, that makes a difference. But I mean, on the other hand, there was pros and cons for both. For both, um, I actually prefer living and training horses and. Especially young ones in in England, um, mm. just for the I, fact that you can. It's, it's good, just because I don't know. If it's because I'm used to doing used it here, to, or maybe I, I don't know. Maybe that's it. But I think that we have a, a lot better variety of of shows here. I think over there sometimes you can be a little bit. You can almost with those mm. sort of three shows being there and so convenient. You can almost get a bit lazy and. And just go to those three shows. Yeah. Whereas over here, we you have a bit more variety and a few different, quite a few. Like we're, we're quite lucky around here. We've got a few different centres to choose mm. from. Um, so yeah, I think there's pro- basically what I'm trying to do was pros and cons for living there and living here. And um, and so what do you say? So like you said about. Uh, 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 producing horses in Britain. Um, how? So this is something that I feel. I don't know how you think. Is that I, I actually quite like. I know it's been a bit of a hot topic. The the newcomers and fox hunters. I think it gives horses a chance that which are a bit older that have missed their place, especially with us with so much eventing and loads of different things. Yeah. Um, it gives them a little bit of a place, and you don't have to cram them into the the five and six year old box. They might take some horses do take a bit longer, or some. Some horses don't take as long, and I think for me, uh, I, I've always enjoyed having you probably not quite ready for. Yeah, I, I I totally agree with what you're saying, and I have a few horses that sort of fit that um, fit the sort of the area 
of, of what you've just said there exactly, like seven-year-old horses that are, that are a bit green and need a bit more time. But, you know, like seven-year-old classes are the decent, the decent, aren't they? You know, mm. like on the schedule yeah. for Ballsworth, it's, it's 135. Mm. And especially if your horse was a bit, if you had a horse that was a bit green before lockdown, and they've just mm. had four months, four or five months no shows, then you know one thirty-five to go straight in is a is a tough ask, isn't it? De- def- that's exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, it's, it's all well and good if you if you if it's ready for yeah, it. Like, yeah, it's, uh, there's no problem. And, uh, but, yeah, like I, I agree with what you're saying. I think it's. I know that there's people complaining about mm. about the. Um, newcomers and foxes and we should change it to do it more like Europe you know and I can see their I can see their point of view as well but I think it's like with with the um, horse it, it just depends on the horse doesn't it you know like you said it's all well and good if you've got a horse that's that's up and running and and is confident in what they do but you do you get horses that are more sensitive mm. take a bit more and, and a lot of the time they end up good horses you know that they're, yeah. they're sensitive because they're careful or or for whatever reason and they do just need that bit more time mm. so yeah I, I agree with what you're saying to be honest um that for that certain type of horse the newcomers and fox hunter gives them sort of yeah it gives you a plan Mm. Uh, you can say yeah. that's what we're going to do with that horse this year. We're going to go out and we're yeah. going to get his newcomer and fox into double clears, mm. and we're going to aim at the second rounds, which are over three rounds, which will build them up gradually, mm. um, and then end up getting the experience of a yeah. of an international show that that they do at Hoys. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I promise you, I haven't been paid by British show jumping. Today, <laughs> but, <that> was... <laughs> no, but anyway, I I, th- I can't believe we've been over 20 minutes now and we haven't talked about your great horse that you took to two championships and and uh, that is you tomorrow yeah and how i think we'll start with how hard was it having to leave that horse after especially i, I tell you what we're gonna we're gonna go to olympia and you that last class that you did for them uh just just talk us through that yeah so it was it was the whole thing was one of the toughest decisions of my life really um obviously I was so lucky when I first moved out to Belgium to to get the opportunity to ride to ride for Ludwig and Yasmin Creel um at their fantastic stable in close to Leer um and uh, yeah and obviously have the opportunity to ride a great horse like like Utamaro and it was it was a different it was a different experience for me to start with because I'd never I'd never actually took on a horse before that had competed at such a high level with somebody else. All the horses I'd rode in the past had either, you know, I'd, I'd basically I'd had them as young ones and produced them on through the ranks, and then you know we'd kind of grown up together. So that so that, that was a bit of a different experience from it kind of a bit of a different pressure because you're thinking well this is a good horse and I'm mm. supposed to be a good rider you know <laughs> uh, but you know but, I, yeah, need, to, I you, need to prove yeah. it you I little... need to prove it yeah. now, you know what I mean uh, <laughs> yeah yeah you know, yeah and, and, was, uh, was it a bit more um, pressure on you when you had to go in because yeah, I know I certainly definitely... I was joining in in the talk people like oh Will Whittaker 
is you know well not finally but he's got a horse now that is championship caliber yeah. and and then you feel like yeah. you feel like you have to do it and then you kind of mm. stuff's creeping into your head but like what if i don't do it you know you know it's that kind <laughs> yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. um and and i mean it wasn't plain sailing from the, from the beginning i remember um I was just talking to someone about it the other day. I think it was Jim. Like the first, when I first took him to uh, the first Grand Prix I did um, with Oot, I took it slow with him. I mean, they were fantastic people to work for, were the Creels, because they kind of totally left it to me. They said, if you want to take it slow with him, you take it slow, build him up slowly. And when you're ready, you'll be ready. Mm. And they were great like that. So I built him up over sort of, couple of months and so we decided that he was ready to do his first Grand Prix and yeah at that time it was at Centaur and that's it the whole week he jumped really nicely walked the course for the Grand Prix and there was this one line coming away from home it was a Oxa five strides a little bit forward to a double of verticals with water trays underneath it so anyway I walked the course and I just walked it oh yeah a little bit forward jump that oxer and just move up on the five get there nice anyway comes round jumps it the five is a little bit longer than I first anticipated <laughs> anyway he took off and then he was a right nippy real sharp little you know real game little horse anyway nipped out to the side spooked at the water tray nipped out to the side and I fell off <laughs> So I'm thinking, the owners have come to watch him. I'm on this championship horse and I'm just falling off in a two-star Grand Prix and I'm just thinking, oh my goodness, this could not have gone any worse. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, you know, I just thought, well, it can't get any worse from now, so it can only get Mm. better. And, and, you know, and, and it was nice. The owners, they just said, look, it happens. You know, these things happen. You don't know each other. And and that kind mm. of support and that backing really helped helped mm. us progress on, you know. And, and I did. I just had to put it behind me, and we put it behind us, and, and we went from there. And and then at that point, he just felt to get better and better. I got to know him more and more, and 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 then you know he went on to do great things because he was a great horse, basically. Definitely. Um, yeah, and then and then in the end, obviously when I'd been contacted. Probably earlier on in probably a couple of months before, um, in probably the beginning of November, I think it was, I'd been contacted by Rushy Marsh um, about their position there. And it did, it was a, it was actually, it was a really difficult situation to be in. One, obviously, because of the horses. I had a horse there like Utamaro and the other is because I felt I thought so much of the people that I was working mm. for, uh, and you know, you you felt I felt like I was kind of letting them down, and they they put they put you know giving me so much support over the years. I just, but it was something that I had to think about, you know, because obviously the position there at Rishi Marsh, it was gonna I was gonna on a global team get those you know be on a team and get that sort of exposure and guarantee really of getting into those getting into those the global champions tour basically throughout Mm. the year you kind of once you're in those teams 
and especially the people, yeah, out. the people I was riding for as well owned the team. So mm. I was kind of my calendar was set for the year. I had those sort of it's about twenty, isn't there? about twenty globals uh, mm. with the championship at the end um, in Prague. So so. Yeah, so it was just kind of, oh, it was horrible. And I and it was something that I thought and thought and thought about. And in the end, I just had to make a decision. And I just, yeah, I made the decision to go to go for it. And, the, the you know, obviously the, the careers were, they were gutted as, as I was because we had such a good thing going on there. Um, mm. But yeah, we kind of discussed with them what they wanted to do. This I told them obviously at the beginning of November, whatever, and that I would probably need to go to the other place at the beginning of January, um, and what they wanted, you know, how they wanted to sort of structure their um, the show plan for sort of the next two months mm. up until I left. So. They were very. They were still very supportive. They said, "Look, yeah, well, let's do. Let's get to these shows." And because we had a few shows booked, we had, I think, Paris at the beginning of December, and then obviously, um, Olympia at Christmas. So yeah, so mm. we kind of stuck to the plan. Um, stuck to the plan to to do those shows, um, and and really, yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know really if I felt any, I definitely, you know, I tried, um, yeah, I didn't really feel any different, you know, once I knew I was moving, I still, I still felt like they were my, you know, I still wanted to do the best for the people um, up until the, and the, and the guy, and the guys that I was working with as well, I wanted to do my best for them because they'd put so much hard work in. Um, and obviously do my best for the horses because I really, you know, I'd spent two and a half years with those horses, um, getting to know them and, and yeah, trying to improve them if I could. Um, so yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to carry on that right up until the end. Um, and then I went to Paris, Paris went well, didn't really win so much, but the horses were, they felt in good form. And then on to, on to Olympia. And yeah, no, he just he just felt he just felt in great form all week. You know, just when you get one of those shows that kind of every time you get on and, and do something you want to do something, it just happens as you would want it to happen. Um and it, and the week just kinda of went like that for Utamaro really there. Um mm. yeah, and then for it all to come together and in the World Cup. Yeah, to, to be honest, it still it still seems pretty surreal when I, mm. when I look back, you know, because it's one of those classes that, like, I've been. It was our Christmas treat every year as kids. Open from, you know, I was, I'll have been seven or eight when I first started going up here, and that was our Christmas treat every year to go down there and what to watch John and Michael competing, and then Robert and Ellen. Uh, and you know the rest of my cousins when uh, when they got um and yeah still when i when i think back to me sat there as a kid watching john and michael you know turning mm. back in the world cup and and galloping up the ring and spinning back in full hammer and the crowd going wild to to think that 
you know, I won that class. I actually managed to win that class that I was watching that it still seems pretty surreal, to be honest. Um, mm. But on the other hand, you know, a moment that I'm very proud of. Um, and I think as well with the situation, with leaving that stable after that show, and it kind of just, I just, I was so happy because it gave, it gave us all something so special mm. to take away from those sort of two and a half years that we'd worked together. I think that's what I was so happy about, that we all mm. actually, I, I, don't get me wrong, we'd had fantastic moments, like like we did two championships together, um, mm. jumped on numerous Nations Cups. Um, but I think that win was kind of, yeah, it was just different somehow. Mm. Something that felt really special that we could all kind of take away from those great two and a half years together. Definitely. And that class was, was incredible. Like, I, I don't think I've ever seen you go as quick on, on you tomorrow as you did then. And he, you went absolutely full pell and he just came off. Every turn was perfect. He, I don't think it, you, if you did it another 10 times, you could have been quicker. It just, everything <laughs> came off and it just, it looked, it looked amazing. And I, I, I can't, you know, I can only imagine the, the feeling you'd have, obviously, you know, it's the last, um, the, like you said, it's the the last class you do on him, and he he jumped so so well, like so well, and you like you say you felt so bad for leaving the Creels, and they must have been absolutely delighted, and to to leave that with the with that win surely must have been ex- extremely special. Yeah, it was, it was, it was. Like I said, the whole the whole week had kind of just everything had. I'd kind of just for those two months. Once I'd spoke to them, you know, and we'd said we will that I was gonna move on um, at the beginning of the the next year. Um, I kind of just totally forgot about that, you know, put mm. that totally to side and just really focused. Not even just for those two shows that I mentioned, but for the other shows that I was because I was doing other shows with with kind of the other horses as well. Just totally forgot about that. And really focus on those two months, and and still continuing to try and improve those, you know, those sort of bit younger seven, eight year olds, um, and obviously maintain the good work with the older ones. Um, yeah, and then for it all to come together at the end like that, in the fashion that it did in the World Cup, with you know, and it was an exciting class seventeen clears. Mm. Um, and he had he knocked on the door a few times, Uta, um, with in Grand Prix, like he was third in Knocker um, in the in the summer of that year. Um, and he'd always he always the thing with that horse was he always tried his best. You know what I mean? Mm. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't your your kind of horse that was winning Grand Prix week in week out. But when you took him to a show. You knew that he was going to do his best, and mm. that was that was a fantastic thing to to have in a horse. Um, Definitely, uh, yeah. And then for it all to come together at Olympia for yeah for me, my groom Benoit, and obviously my family, my mm. family, and then the Creoles. It was it was a really really special special moment. Yeah. 
Definitely, definitely. It was one of my favourite classes to watch. Uh, I obviously always want a British rider to win one of my favourite classes, which hasn't to do anything with my mum that I've watched. It was it really was fantastic. Yeah, but going um yeah, going on another big win on home soil is the Hickster Derby, which when was that? Twenty sixteen or seventeen? Uh, oh yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, I think was it sixteen? Yeah. yeah, I think it was sixteen. I think it was sixteen. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, sixteen. Yeah, how was that, you know, yeah, that, winning the derby? Yeah, that was amazing, really. I, I mean, I mean, yeah, so we lost, um, I don't know if you saw it uh, earlier yeah, on yeah, in the yeah. year, we lost Glenavadra Brilliant, which was, you know, really, he was 17 and he'd been such a great horse for us. Uh, God, it, were, it was a really sad time. Um, but I suppose you could say, luckily, it was a, a short illness and he didn't, you know, it was not like he'd suffered on for ages. It was a short thing, and mm. uh, and that was that. And he, and he really lived out his days here as a as a sort of the king of the stable, and and was happy right until the end, which was which was great. But yeah, getting back to the derby, he was he was a he was a really good horse for us. If you, if you saw him, if him stood there, he was like a really, you know, he wasn't your stereotypical modern day show jumper. He was. He was big boned. He had a great big head and great big feet. But he was one of those that, a bit like Uta, a totally different type, just tried his best all the time. I think if that horse had have had a thoroughbred body, it'd have been a really, you know, it'd have been a top Grand Prix horse. Um, but really, just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he jumped. I can't just remember how many times he jumped the derby before he won it, but every time he jumped it, he he um, he seemed to he seemed to get better, you know, whether it be Hickstead or or Hamburg or any of the other because he jumped many other derbies. He jumped La Ball. He was second in La Ball. He was second in Lumen. Um, obviously Hamburg. He did a few times. I think he was, I think I was both with him there. And, you know, he was really, he was really consistent uh, horse in the derbies. And I'd, I'd done it a few times there with him. I think George did it once with him as well before. And the derby's one of those, you'll know, like when you, when you, when your mum won it, uh, it's one of those classes that it's almost a bit like a championship because. You can prepare as good as mm. as well as you want, you know. You can practice banks and dikes, and but you can't really prepare for the sort of the atmosphere that's that's there at Hickstead on 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 the Sunday Derby Day. Um, and it is it's mm. it's one of those classes that only happens once a year. You know what I mean? Like with all the other Grand Prix, we jump. There's always next week, isn't there? But with that class, with that class, you know, yeah, with each horse, you're only going to get so many attempts in your career. And when you get such a good horse, a good Derby horse mm. like him, your worry is, are we going to be able? Are we going to be able to actually bring it all together on on that day, on that Sunday? Um, yeah. So really, mm. yeah. So to make it to make it all happen and. <laughs> And have a night for that day, and, and it did. It all came together, and 
it was a fantastic day. Um, a really special day. The owner, um, who's sadly passed away now as well, Kelvin McDonald, he was there and he was, it was actually my, he'd sent the, the horse to Michael originally. Um, and then Michael had sent it on to, on to, on to us to ride here in Huddersfield. Um, and, and Kelvin was a, a family friend that we'd known. He was good friends with my granddad. So he's someone that the family have known for a long time. So all these little things make it that bit more special. Um, Really, and it's just yeah, it's just one of those, one of those special classes that's that's great to win. Mm. Definitely, it was an incredible win, and he he was yeah, a great. He went on to, yeah, he, he went on to Jim as fun, well, yeah, winning the Queen's sort of, Cup. And sort of, what he did for him, given, yeah, well, he's given me as well. He's given me, and he's given Jim both sort of a a career career best win almost, you know. So, and that from a horse is mm. it makes them special doesn't it oh, yeah definitely. that's it there's yeah, the things you remember it's what, it's all, it's it's what the, you put the work the big in wins and it. day out riding when it's lashing it down with rain or it's you know you've <laughs> four year olds <laughs> trying to book you off you're trying to you yeah. you look back to those, you come, to those days. Yeah, there, yeah. You, you come. You've just driven in at yeah, four or five exactly. in the morning, and you're, you look back to the. You're out yeah, and you look and, back to yeah, those days. When it comes off like that, that's what we do it brilliant. all for, really. Mm. Definitely. So, get on onto a different note. With there's a question we always like to put in on these recordings: is uh, what's uh, what do you think? I, th- I think you've given us one really good one of your falling off uh, your first Grand Prix with you yeah. tomorrow but could you tell us one of your most embarrassing moments in the ring uh, yeah, well that'd be, that's right up there that one um, that one we just mentioned uh, yeah how about the Europeans oh yeah did, yeah that, when that wasn't embarrassing that was a bit beyond embarrassing that was bell. like I just thought yeah, that was that those things. You know, when you're trying to you you're trying so hard, and you're trying to you know, we'd planned mm. obviously planned around the whole year around that Europeans, and you sort of you're so conscious to try and have everything so perfect. You you kind of almost forget about something mm. so like that. You know what I mean? Like, that's something that my mum used to say. To, my mum used to say to me, like, every time before <laughs> yeah. I went on pony, she used to say, wait for your bell. You know, wait for your bell. But I think just because... The, I think what <laughs> happened was there was this one double there the first day that quite a few people would like... It was at the end. I don't know if you remember the course. It was a red double at the end. And quite a few horses had struggled with it. They'd like you know, had the back bar quite hard or overrode it a little bit and had going in. So just, just as I was going in, I thought to myself, I better just have a trot over and let him just have a walk through that double just so so he knows what's so he knows what's coming over there. And as I like trotted over, the ring was massive there in Gothenburg. It was a huge ring. As I like trotted over, and I had my routine that I used mm. to go through with him when I went in the ring. I used to like I used to like 
make sure I was not too close to the first fence so I could get a real good canter up, you know, open him really up and get a good canter onto the first fence. Anyway, mm. I kind of like trotted over. And as I was trotting over to the double, they rang the bell. But somehow I kind of just like forgot about it. And I was still thinking about letting him have a walk through this double. So then I like, I like the bell rang. So, but I still got there and kind of walked, sauntered through this double, you know. And then realised how far I was away from number one. And he was very laid back anyway with tomorrow. He, did, he didn't do anything in a rush. So then like, yeah, by the time I set sail, I, kind of, I was thinking to myself, that bell seemed to ring a long time ago. You know what I mean? But but I kind of I kind of tried to just block it out, you know. I just hoped as I was like cantering to the first, like as I was cantering around the corner yeah. to the first fence, I, I didn't you're, want you're right. that to kind of distract my plan from the yeah from the yeah from the course. So I kind of just hoped that I was alright, and then blocked, you know, focused on my plan. Anyway, jumped an absolute blinder, and I was yeah. quite I was quite nippy as well. And then look back at the clock and I could see that I'd had a slow time. Slower than I felt, you know what I mean? So I had a, I had a, my heart did you, did was you beating know, very, did you very, know very fast, you know then, what I mean? I was did you thinking, know it then? Oh, I was just, I didn't want to think about it. And then when I came out of the ring, I could see on Michael's face, I could see on Michael's face, he was not happy. He was, and I thought to myself, <laughs> Oh my goodness! For all the things you could have made a mess of, it was something so simple like that. I just wanted to. I actually wanted to cry. I wanted to cry. Um, in fact, I could cry now. In fact, I'm welling up thinking well, sorry about to it. Bring it up again. <laughs> no. I could just see his face. I could just see his face. He was out like, to yeah. see Michael's angry face. Surely he would have. Brought yeah, you back yeah, to all the years. It took me back to the years that I'd ridden for him. Yeah, I'd gone. <laughs> you knew that I'd gone in well. a minute and made a mess of it when I was riding for him. And I, <laughs> I could see on his face, I knew it well. I was thinking, oh, no. <laughs> so I just I just took, took the, uh, took the um, oh, dear. telling off, if they want for a better word. And, uh, yeah, just thought to myself, well, all yeah. I can do is, is learn from it. <laughs> Uh, and and try and move on, but yeah, that would uh, yeah. that was that was. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, that 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 was that was great insight. I know that was probably very hard for you, and uh, but that was that was really that was really great. But um, uh, one one last one last question. I kept you very long for this one, but um, no, it's it's been great to chat with you. Um, so one another question we always like to ask is what what's um, something that a normal person wouldn't know about you? That is a good question, actually. Um, you're probably better to ask ask my wife that, to be honest. Ask Elizabeth that, or or somebody that I'm working with. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is a good question. Um, just trying to think in in day to day life. Yeah, I am. I, I'm. A, I'm a very. I'm a very keen you're sport a football fan. fan. You're a... strange hobbies. No, Any strange hobbies? I don't. Um, 
pretty pretty boring to be honest. Like what? Yeah. If if I was gonna if I was gonna, my my favorite sort of evening activity would be sitting down and watching watching sport on the telly. That is my favorite thing to do. Whether it be football, snooker, mm. golf, boxing. Uh, yeah, that is what that is what I really like to do. Or obviously spending time with the kids after spending so long away. Um, yeah, I don't know. I try. I try to when it, with people that I'm working with. I always, obviously, because I've worked for people in the past. I always try to. It'd be interesting to ask them what I'm like to work for, uh, but I always try to because I've worked with yeah, people yeah, yeah. in the past and stuff like that. I always try to treat them as I would like to have been treated myself, you know. Um, and we are lucky we've got some some good people that that are working with us at the moment, which you know is is so important. It makes life so much easier. Um, just trying to think. Uh, can't really think of it. Sorry, it's very very disappointing. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> You better ask him, Jim. You better no, no, ask him, no, no, Jim. You've given us a lot. He's a total, but, he's a total uh, pain in the backside. Yeah. yeah. I'm a bit of a perfectionist, which <laughs> which sometimes, <laughs> from myself, actually, can be frustrating. Because, and i tell you what I do as well. Mm. I, need, I, I do need plenty of sleep, me. I do need plenty of sleep. Because what happens is, when I don't get, when I don't get enough sleep, I really? sort of, I become more of a perfectionist, which is weird. You'd think you'd become less of a perfectionist if you were tired and just want to get it done, wouldn't you? But I'm a perfectionist and work slower, yeah, which drives Elizabeth mad. You know what I mean? So like, if we've been if we've been busy and late back from a show and we've got quite a bit on the next week, and I can subconsciously think to myself that it's not going to be perfect because I'm exhausted and. I'm not going to be able to. I just haven't got it in me. But I'll just work slower somehow. <laughs> so I'll just work slower. I don't know why. I'm a, I really try and work on it myself. You mm. know, I keep telling myself, you know, you're working mm. very slow now. You've been walking around on this horse for half an hour. <laughs> Elizabeth keeps uh. looking over into the arena, looking at a watch. Yeah, it's having a watch. Come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I suppose that would be that would be one of my uh, one of my tapping a watch at you. Points, I would say <laughs> slow. I'm a bit slow worker. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah, 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 sure, yeah. She's looking at me through the window. Watch now, she stood out there. <laughs> Try. Go away. Go away. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Anyway, anyway, um, we uh, always we like to leave it with what's best your, piece, what's your best piece of advice? I think with our job is, I think you've got to. I think sometimes it's easy to to let things get on top of you. Um, you know, if you if you feel like you're in a bit of a rut or not had the the results have not gone the way you wanted. Um, and I think with our sport, it's like any other sport. It's very, it's important that the 
the state of mind you're in when you go in the ring. Um, and I think sometimes if you've, if you've had a run of bad results, it's easy to to let things get on top of you because we are in one of those sports that we've got a lot to do. You know, there's always horses to take care of, and it's not like one of those things you can just put your golf clubs in the back of your car and forget about it for a week. We can't do that, which which I think is it's tough, isn't it? Because there's always a lot to do. But I think it's just if I was to give anyone advice, it would be, yeah, just just really try and enjoy and enjoy the job for what you do it for you know it's easy to get bogged down in especially when you do it when you're trying to do it for a living and uh, and be competitive and run a business it's sometimes it's easy to get bogged down so i think really when times get like that really just try and enjoy what you do for why you do it um that's what I've tried to do anyway, sort of just go to the shows and, and have a go and enjoy it. Don't try and have everything mm. by the book and too perfect. Yeah, just... Yeah, and I think you can almost try too hard then. You can try too hard. You can make hard, yourself which, mad, which can't I, you? I can, Which I do myself sometimes. Just go in there and obviously train hard at home and, and prepare prepare the horses as best you can. But when you get to the show, enjoy it. You know, get to the show and enjoy it. Do it what you enjoy, what you put all this hard work in for. Um, just get out there and try and get some at one. If they want for a better, yeah, enjoy it. Don't get, don't take it so. <laughs> yeah, easy. have a good time doing it. Yeah. It's so expensive. It's it's easy to but, take yeah. it all. Sometimes take Definitely. everything too much to heart, isn't it? You know. Um, yeah, so I think too much. that would probably be my advice. At the moment, mm. it might be different. It might be Definitely. different next week. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't Definitely. do our sport. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> it's a rubbish for you. Anyway, yeah, great to talk. <laughs> but it's been fantastic to catch up with you, Will, and uh, it's great advice and really great insight. And yeah, good yeah. luck next yeah, week. Same and to you. Good luck with goes well. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll catch up soon. See you somewhere in the next few weeks. I would say. Well, thank you very much for listening to this week's episode with William Whitaker and also giving you the results from the fun that we had in last week's episode. Yeah, thank you very much for listening, everyone. And we'll be back next week with more show jumping talk and another interview. So make sure you subscribe and review and let us know what you think and follow us on all our social media channels. So thank you very much for listening and we'll be back next week. <laughs>